This is the I Will Teach You a Language podcast, episode 102. Welcome to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast. Weekly motivation and language learning tips to help you become fluent in any language. Now, here's your host, Ollie Richards. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Great to have you here. I'm feeling fired up still after my trip to Berlin and spending almost a whole week speaking a bunch of languages with loads of different people. And, you know, I that's why I recorded the last episode uh, episode 101 where I talked about the importance of put, getting a community around you and so I decided to take my own advice actually and last night I went out to a language a new language event near where I live in East London and it was really cool it was kind of small because they're just starting out but I got to sit down and speak Japanese for a couple of hours which was super cool and a bit of French a bit of Spanish as well and that was uh, that was really really nice and so yeah I'm just feeling I'm feeling really galvanized and so you know all of you guys if you have yet if you haven't taken action on this yet if you don't if you haven't gone out and searched for local language communities around, you know in your area then make sure you do that it has the power to change everything for you now today's friday the 13th something's going to go wrong i feel although actually now i think about it i don't think ever anything bad has ever happened to me on friday the 13th Despite, you know, every time you see it, you kind of think, well, something's going to go wrong. But I don't think it ever has. Not yet, anyway. Stuff just goes wrong on other days instead, so it doesn't really matter. But anyway, I'm kind of wondering what's going to go pear-shaped today. But before I tempt fate, let's crack on with the show. And I'd like to thank the sponsors of the podcast, italki. I met a bunch of of uh, people who work for italki in Berlin. Everyone is super cool that works for italki. They've all got a great ethos, really genuinely interested in helping language learners around the world. And if you'd like to get a free lesson, you can go to iwillteachyourlanguage.com forward slash free lesson. Now, today I'm going to talk about a challenge that was posed to me. And the challenge was this. What's the best way to learn Spanish on your own? What's the best way to learn Spanish on your own? And... Now, what what I'm going to talk about here is going to apply to any language, not just not just um, Spanish. But it was interesting because it got me thinking. What it, it on your own that that implies you don't have a teacher who's going to give you structured lessons. You're not attending a course. You you want to be an autonomous learner. And what's the best way to learn Spanish? And this person was interested in like timelines, techniques, materials, things like that. And, you know, my, my first reaction whenever I hear this is like, wow, you can't say in advance, you know, because you have to, things change and, you know, you learn things about yourself. And, you know, it's very difficult for someone who is familiar with language learning to be very prescriptive about things because it never is like that. It's never what you think. But then at the same time, the problem with that reply for me is that, well, it doesn't actually help people. You know, I can be as kind of, um, I can give you all this gold about, you know, language learning truth, so to speak. But then if it doesn't actually tell you specifically what to do, that can, that can kind of leave you high and dry without knowing what steps to take first. And that's the one of the big issues that I often grapple with when I'm um, doing the, the, the blog and the podcast is, well, how can I balance this, the thing of like talking about what I know to be true about the language learning process with actually giving specific advice that people can do stuff with? That's the difficult balance. So I thought I would take on this challenge and say, well, what if I had to map out the process of learning Spanish over the course of time? What would I do? And now this this is going to be open to all kinds of criticism. So I don't want any comments on the on the blogs, on the show notes saying this is rubbish. What about this or what about that? I understand that all of this is open to interpretation and to criticism. Um, 
But nevertheless, like in the spirit of what I've just said, I thought I would give it my best shot. So I'm going to take the timeline of 12 months because I think if someone is very dedicated and they really want it, then they, there's no reason they shouldn't be able to learn to speak good Spanish in in 12 months. And so th- this is what it's going to look like. So for weeks one to three, so for the first three weeks of study, what I would do is I'd get hold of a entry-level audio course of some kind, like Pimsler or Michelle Thomas. And I would simply spend the first couple of weeks listening to that and going over their, their program. The reason is... I would want a very general kind of soft introduction to the language. I'd like to listen to it. I'd like to do a bit of repeating. I'd like to to get some of the basics together without getting into too much serious study straight away. Um, because I think the one of the dangers at the beginning is that you get too swamped and you lose sight of everything. So I'd like to I'd kind of ease myself in and spend the first two or three weeks doing an audio program to just put the language on the map. Now, after that, I would spend the next two to three months doing the following. I would get a a Spanish textbook, a good Spanish textbook, something like the Colloquial series, which, which I really like, or perhaps Asimil, something like that. Um, and what I would do is I would spend that time simply going through the book, studying the dialogues, reading and listening to, to the dialogues, and going through some of the grammar exercises in the book. So my basic aim for those two to three months would be, let's get through this book, let's cover the book, and learn all of the the main the main points about the language inside. Now, at the same time as doing that, what I would do is find a speaking partner, and I would have my speaking partner help me practice the contents of the book. So let's say that I was studying a chapter on um, on introductions. Well, what I would do is I'd study that chapter from the textbook, and then I'd go straight to my speaking partner, and uh, and I would and I would make sure they've got a copy of that textbook, and I would say, right, I want to practice everything from chapter three, and I would have them basically take the contents of that chapter, you know, taking inspiration from the dialogue or from the from the vocabulary or the grammar, or whatever, and I would have them help me role play the stuff from from that chapter. And I would basically keep doing that all the way through the book until I feel like I've covered covered everything that's relevant or important. All right. So just to summarize, I'm studying textbooks. What? Well, sorry, I'm studying a textbook, one textbook, and I'm using my speaking partner to help me practice the contents. And I would aim to do that for the first few months. Now, the reason I would do this is firstly to keep everything very, very simple. I think there is a tendency for people to go out and look for these cool websites and apps and things like that. But for me, it's all about simplicity. If you choose one textbook, someone has gone to the trouble of preparing a very good grounding in the language. So just use that and use one textbook so that you can stay focused. Um, And the reason that I would integrate that with speaking straight away is in order to get used to speaking and to overcome the fear of speaking. I think that's very important but also to start interacting with the language. You can, you could just use the textbook by itself and that would be fine, but the, but then you'd be missing out on this big area of actually interacting and using the language because as soon as you have to produce it, it, you know, you have to process the language on a much deeper, 
on a much deeper level. So that would be my approach for the first three months of learning. Now for the second three months, so we're talking about months four, five, and six here, the second quarter, if you like, of, of the year, what I would do is I'd, I, I would have a good solid grounding in the language by then. So what I would do is a few things. First of all, I'd look for more regular opportunities to speak. So I would have a number of speaking partners, perhaps. I would go to language meetups. And I would try to start speaking with some some regularity. If I was just doing it with tutors on Skype, I would stop using the textbook and I would move over to topics of interest. So things that are interesting for me. So in my case, I'd probably talk about languages, about traveling, about things like that. Then based on the conversations that i'm having i would be i would be become more intentional about learning vocabulary so in my case what i would do is i would start to use something like flashcards um, el- electronic flashcards and i would very intentionally start to take the words and phrases that i'm learning from my conversations and stick those in my flashcards and help basically use the flashcards to help consolidate this vocabulary I think at the beginning, when you're learning from a textbook, there's a lot there to help you, and there's a lot of quite easy stuff, and so you can learn a lot from from context. But I find that once you need, to, you know, once you get beyond that, you have to, you know, there's a lot more to learn, right? And so you have to start becoming more selective. And so for me, using flashcards with carefully chosen words and phrases is a great way to consolidate and to just speed up the learning process. And then the third thing that I would do is start to read and listen to a lot of stuff. I would find things that are at a, at a suitable level. At, at this stage, it might be too much to actually read books in, and things intended for native speakers. But if you can find things like, um, well, I mean, I, I created books of short stories for this exact purpose, right? Um, in, in in lots of different languages, because I, you know, something that's kind of easy to read and interesting whilst not being too challenging, you know, so that you can actually get through it. And I'll, I'll put a link to those short stories in the show notes, which will be at uh, IWillTeachYouLanguage.com forward slash episode 102. So I would start to do a lot of reading and listening at the same time. Um, so there are three things there, just to recap. We're talking about months four, five and six. I would look for regular opportunities to speak. I would intentionally grow my vocabulary with flashcards and then I would start to read and listen to material that was at the right kind of level for me. So the 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 idea behind this this period is to develop more of a conversational fluency. All right. So I've, we've we've already got the basics. What we're looking to do now is to really focus on speaking and to become confident. And so to do that, you've got to speak a lot. You've got to learn relevant vocabulary and and then keep, you know, read and listen so that you've got stuff to do in all the, and all the you know, because you can't be speaking 24 hours a day, right? So reading and listening is a fantastic thing to do at, at any point, wherever you, whether you're on the bus or the train, and that helps you just get more exposure to to different kinds of, of, of language. So... That's the first half of the year. In the second half of the year, six, months 6 to 12, or 7 to 12, I guess, this is when I think I would see a start to make a big shift, and I would move away from what you might call studying and towards usage, so using the language. So I, I think my primary thing for the second half of the year would be to 
try to replace my, as far as possible, and it sounds a bit extreme, but <laughs> replace my social life in English with Spanish. So I'd be looking to go out to, to meetups, to to societies, to clubs, to events and things like that, and to interact with people naturally in in Spanish. That would be a big focus for me, and it, it's, it's, it takes effort to actually do that. But if you do a bit of research, especially if you live in a big city, you know, if you do a bit of research and find out about, you know, Spanish events going on, um, you'll find a lot of stuff, you know, especially if you live somewhere like in Europe or in the US, there's so much stuff going on. So I would be look, I would be looking to integrate that into my life as much as possible. Um, and at the same time, when I'm at home, I would be looking to replace my daily activities with Spanish things. So, for example, rather than watching, uh, reading the news in English, I'll be reading it in Spanish. Rather than watching TV in English, I'll be watching it in Spanish. So really kind of replacing everything I'm doing um, with the Spanish equivalent. So I'm just surrounded by the language all the time. Um, I'm also going to be making sure that I'm reading and listening a lot more at this point because... Now, by this point, I'm going to be fairly confident in speaking the language or at least getting used to it. And that's why I'm going to be going out and looking for meetups and groups and things like that to practice speaking. But at the same time, there's a bit of a danger at this stage because you can be too too reliant, I think, on speaking. And, you know, as I've said before many times, when you speak, when you're listening to people speak the language, it's a rather restricted range that people actually use. We don't We don't use that many that big a variety of vocabulary when we're speaking. So the great thing about reading books or listening to podcasts, for example, is that you get access to a lot of a lot richer uh, vocabulary phrases, idioms, ways of speaking, th- things like that. So I would be looking to, again, take the things that I'm interested in and read and listen to those things in Spanish. You know, so in my case, I, I tend to read a lot of business books, uh, books about politics, uh, things like that. I'm quite boring in that way, so I would start to really try and do that in Spanish. Replace my 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 interests, my my habits in English in Spanish, and then I would be looking to keep that up for as long as I can, and um, because that's that's when you're really going to start to deepen your knowledge, to consolidate everything you're learning, and to really get a good command of the language. I think at, at, at this point, a couple of things are particularly useful. Uh, podcasts are fantastic. Uh, there's a great series called the SBS podcast, um, SBS Radio, based in Australia, where they have a lot of good podcasts that are great for, for learners. I, so another thing that you might like to do at this point is to get hold of a frequency dictionary. And a frequency dictionary kind of lists all the words in a language uh, by order of frequency. And it's not very useful for beginners, but once you're more advanced, you can start to use a frequency dictionary to, to kind of fill in the gaps so you can start to literally read it from one page from the from page one onwards and see you know all of the words all of the vocabulary that you don't know that appears in that frequency dictionary is going to be very very relevant to you um you're kind of plugging the gaps at this stage so um i would probably start to i'd probably buy a good spanish frequency dictionary as well and browse that from time to time to kind of fill in strategically fill in my my gaps so there you go. That's the that's the aim. So like for the second half of the year, then we're basically trying to make Spanish part of of your life and to to you know 
to to move from kind of the study mode to the real living mode. And if you did that, all that I've just said for over the course of a year, you'd be in good shape. So <laughs> I hope that was interesting. Obviously, uh, you know, as I said before, there are a lot of gray areas in there, but I thought that is in broad brushstrokes. That's what I would do. That's what I'd be looking to achieve. So if you'd like to ask me a question on the podcast, please do. You can go to IWillTeachYourLanguage.com forward slash ask to do that. Likewise, if you have enjoyed the podcast, if you've got value from it and you'd like to support me, then you could leave a star rating and review on iTunes. That is extremely helpful because it helps other people find the show. And it's also very, very cool for me when I when I see messages, well, not messages, when I actually see the reviews from people. Uh, it's, it encourages me, helps me to keep going. So if you'd like to help me out by leaving a review, then you can go to IWillTeachYourLanguage.com forward slash review. Now, I've mentioned a bunch of things today. So what I'll do is put a link to all of these things in the show notes. Um, and you can find everything there in case you'd like to follow up. They will be at IWillTeachYourLanguage.com forward slash episode 102. Thank you so much for listening. And I'll see you in the next episode of the podcast.